0: Hey, everyone. Thank you for joining us again on Reality 2.0. I'm Catherine Druckmann. Uh, Doc Searles is here with me today. And we have a couple, actually, of special guests. Uh, One of them is Rachel Lawson from the Drupal Association. You may know her as the community liaison. If you use Drupal, say thanks, Rachel, somewhere on social media or something like that. And then we also have Tony Savarelli, who is a Drupal developer. He works for a company called Pegasystems. But more interestingly maybe is that he was the person who raised an issue recently for uh, Drupal core patch that recently made it in in the 9.2 release. And we're gonna talk about that because it has to do with Google's flock or federated learning of cohorts um, that has created a lot of controversy among web developers and privacy enthusiasts. And uh, we've talked about it here in the past very briefly. In fact, I actually mentioned the the Drupal release a couple episodes ago and even put it in our newsletter in my typical sort of uh, go Drupal way <laughs> because it makes me happy to see you know Drupal on the, the bleeding edge of privacy issues. Um, so with that, I, you know I, I hoped that the two of you might introduce yourselves a little bit more and tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do.:
1: I'm Rachel Lawson I- my Twitter ID is Rachel underscore Norfolk. Uh, I actually live in Norfolk, which is a county in the UK, um, in the east of the of UK. Um, and, yeah, I do work for the Drupal Association, which is a an experience um, mm-hmm. that I would, you know, when opportunities come up, it's a great experience to have working for the Drupal Association and working with the Drupal community. I can't really ask for a better time than that really um but i'm also one of the Drupal core maintainers um i'm listed as uh one of the core mentoring coordinators which is something really important to me is how we can continue to grow um a band of mentors that can help grow the contributing community in Drupal
0: Awesome. I I, I appreciate that personally as someone who occasionally needs a lot of mentorship. So thank you for that. So Tony, how about about you?
2: I am Tony Savorelli. I am a Drupal developer at Pegasystems in Cambridge, Massachusetts. I live nearby Um, and I've been working with Drupal for pretty much 15 years. I've built my entire career around Drupal and Um, I care a lot about it. And so I'm also happy that the Drupal community is uh, in tune with privacy issues, um, hopefully as I am. (laughs) I I used to be a freelancer for a long time. And so, uh, uh, and then I worked in a small agency and this sort of stuff comes up over and over again. How do we protect our users? And and so I I always keep my eyes open. And uh, the main reason I started the issue on Drupal.org was exactly because I couldn't wait for somebody else to do it. That <laughs> um, that's pretty much the the. I saw it on on Twitter a couple of times, and the third time I saw it, I, I just said, "All right." Actually, before I uh, before I even opened that issue, I uh, my my usual go to thing is. Um, When everybody, when anyone says anything to me, oh, we should do X, I say, oh, let's build a Drupal site, or (laughs) of course. And in second instance, I say, oh, let's build a Drupal module. So the first thing I did, even in this situation, was to build a module first. So I put out a small, like two-line thing called Flock Blocker, and um, and then I was told that maybe uh, a core issue would would have more impact. And look at that, it it did. And here we are.
0: And here we are. I've got to well, say, th- actually, thanks for
1: that. <laughs> I've got to say, and just to jump in for a moment, it's one of the hardest things that we th- to get people to do is to take that, that small leap of faith to raise that issue. Um, and it, people are almost waiting for, like, a kind of permission. And it's one of the things that I know that all of the mentoring coordinators are saying is, like, don't wait for permission. Do it. Always do it because it's easier to close an issue that that seems not worth it or talk through why no, we wouldn't do this. It's always better because everyone learns that way, but always open the issue.
0: I appreciate you saying that. It is frankly, I I mean, for me and probably others, it's a little scary to Mm. open a core issue because you feel like everybody's watching you. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's (laughs) it's very, you feel very exposed.
2: (laughs) Or nobody. This is is the
0: day they find out I don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) today, isn't it? Um, But yeah, but I appreciate you saying that because I think it is, it is important and it is the beauty of open source. That's why we do this. That's why, that's why we advocate for it. And, and, and um, yeah, so something that Tony, you said, um, watching out for our, watching out for the users. I think that's, that's really the core of this and, and something that we should talk about, which is, you know, what is our responsibility here? What is the the developer's responsibility in protecting users and, and also, you know, while maintaining a, a good developer experience, making things like this easier. Um, you know, I think that's something I wanna talk about. And, you know, and the other thing is maybe, we, you know, I, I think as just some background, we should talk a little bit more about what Flock is and, and, and what it does and why we're concerned about it in the first place. And, and I'm gonna link to this in the description, but Mozilla had a really great privacy analysis of it and raised some concerns because I think you know the, the origin of this is Google saying, well, okay, in a post-cookie world, you know, obviously they want they still want the the ability to track people and serve advertising. We understand that, but there's this sort of like they're positioning it a little bit as as somewhat privacy respecting or more privacy respecting than cookies, which is <laughs> I mean I don't think anybody actually believes that, um, and maybe we could talk about why and maybe Doc, you wanted in here too.
3: Yeah, I'm not going to be the one to, to define Flock. I just know that it's in, it's interesting to me that um, there's been almost universal pushback on it, and everybody's got a, a, a way of dealing with it. And um, I think it's going to end up in the Google graveyard with so many other Google initiatives. I can't imagine it would be otherwise. To, to, there are a few things. I mean, they're willing to kill things that people really like, uh, and <laughs> that, that's something that a lot of people dislike is, is to me a pretty... Um, a pretty good sign. So, no, but but, I, but but I'm interested in the story of how you guys you know sort of d- deal with this, sort of with this issue in general, and also, you know, there other things like that. I mean, Google happens to be the big the big dog or a big dog, but there are other big dogs. Amazon's in the business too. Facebook's in the business, and then the entire ad tech complex, which has thousands of millions of participants. Um, you know, when you there's a wonderful site that's done by a guest of uh, who's been on here some times. Uh, Dr. Augustin Fu. He's got a thing called Page X-ray that tells you and shows you cascading out all of the trackers that, that go into your browser or would go into your browser if it, if there was no prophylaxis, which by the way differs with every browser you're using. And um, uh, and and, and it's monstrous. I mean, Google's is just a, a small. Bit of that that they're sort of following you in a, a different way, uh, is almost beside the point of the entire what I call a fico system because it's basically shitty. Um, you know, so I'm wondering how you, know, how you guys sort of <laughs> sort of look at that thing you know, and and deal with it because Google's just one piece of it.
2: Well, it, actually, this was sort of it, when I talked to people about this. The, the the one thing that I'm going to say now is usually the, the end piece. <laughs> um, <laughs> Google might be the, the, the a, a small uh, part of all of this, but Google is pretty much the only one that also makes a browser. Um, and I think so my conclusion, ah, I'll start with the conclusion. Uh, my conclusion is usually that if you're in the ad tech business, you should not also be making a browser. Um, The United States is supposed to have a long history of antitrust laws, Uh, I I frankly wish they uh, were applied in a a case like this, or that something existed, some basis existed for something like this uh, to be addressed. Um, sorry, I started with the, with the conclusion. I can go now. I
0: don't yeah. know. That they, um, <laughs> there are no rules here. There are no rules. <laughs> uh,
2: but seriously, I think the, 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 the main issue is this. Uh, there's, this is a huge conflict of, well, accumulation of interest rather than a conflict. Um, I, I think because browsers are traditionally called user agents, uh, and I'm I'm not making this up. I think in the original, in one of the original articles, uh, the one from Plausible.io, um, they they make this point. If I'm not wrong, it's been a while. If if the browser is the user agent, and all of a sudden the browser starts doing things that are, again, I want to say against the user uh, interests, uh, then the browser is no longer a user agent, then it's somebody else's. Well, double agent. I want to. Say, if we want to um, make a pun out of this. Um, nice. And so that, and that's, um, that's one of my problems.
3: Well, the, 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 it, it's interesting to me that the browser, you know, like way back in 95, we talked about the information superhighway. That was what the internet was, the, the metaphor for the internet. Um, so it was just one highway, but it's like an infinite number of byways that could go in any direction. But the, but the idea was that you had this vehicle. You know I mean the metaphors are mixed you don't browse a highway you know but you you travel one and we did give we had this notion of travel as well you go to a website right and and it's a destination and you visit it as if it were real estate and um, but there was this belief that we had and it was a legitimate one I think that this is that the browser is mine you know the first time I saw a mosaic browser and I used the mosaic browser and then later when it Netscape came along and in those early days a lot of people made browsers. AOL even made a mm-hmm. browser. Like you could use these things and, and you had a sense it was yours, just like it's your email client or some other thing. Um, but we also invented the cookie around the same time, or Lou Montulli did at, at Netscape and um, and suddenly we're back in mainframeville, which is we're in client server, we're always the, the clients, the servers carry all the carry the load. It made sense in in um in dial-up days, it, it, it was a matter of load management, as it were. But, but we're st- we we stayed there. We never really grew past it, and, and it kind of metastasized. And and so now, rather than our car, the the browser is kind of the shopping cart that gets reskinned with every se- site we go to, and we depart full of you know profiled and p- fingerprinted, and full of trackers, and and it's you know and in the in the Europe, especially with the, the GDPR, um. I mean, if, uh, I'm, I'm a broken record on this, but if you look up GDPR compliance, you could get, get 100, 100, now 130 million results, and there are often companies that want to obey the letter of the GDPR while completely violating its spirit, and and the CCPA in California is just as bad, and both of them start with, well, you're just, you, the individual, you no longer drive, you're driven, you're like cattle, and, and you're serfs in the castles of these companies, and and for the Drupals of the world, I mean, your customers of the castle are the feudal lords in many ways and also smaller operators. WordPress started a little differently because everybody could have a blog, basically. But now it's, it's you know, a very big player in, a, in the same world kind of. And and I, you know, I, I despair of it at this point. I You know, my own fighting has kind of moved elsewhere because I think it's kind of a lost cause. But you guys are on the inside. You got to deal with it, right? So I'm wondering, how do you face that whole thing, which is where the The original idea behind a browser, which you're talking to, all of your servers are talking to, was that this is an instrument of personal independence. and has turned into something else, right? And the Googles of the world are like, well, we got a good reason for that, but you know,
1: there's a lot of good reasons to still treat uh, visitors as though they've got a generic browser, um, if nothing else, from an accessibility point of view, you know. Building a good website and making no assumptions about the um, the way that somebody is consuming your content is is a really big deal. That's how mm. you make great. That's how you make a great website is by making no assumptions. So, if we can impress that principle more and more upon a wider and wider part of our community that then goes from the drupal community the people who participate there and wider and and and, uh, into other parts of for example the marketing departments of businesses out there uh, is to not assume uh that you can how shall we say use the best of any particular browser which ties people in because we can't go there because it means that people with vision difficulties or hearing difficulties or all of these other things are excluded as well because they can't always use all of the features in Chrome or whatever that uh, you and I can. And um, so it's like the There's a wider thing here than just the fact that we're talking about cookies, actually being able to say, hey, no, people should be able to use anything that could be a Braille reader. Yeah, Um, I've never actually physically seen one, I've got to say personally, but, uh, you know, you've got to assume that someone might be using that type of stuff. And to say, oh, you can do all these things. Yeah, that's where people are making mistakes, I think.
2: And we have come a long way since the time, mm. the times of, you know, this is best viewed on, you know, IE6 yeah, yeah, yeah. on a 800 by 600 screen. Mm. I, I, occasionally I still see sites that say stuff like that, like modern site. Well, maybe not 800 by 600, but I think the past 10 odd years have been a success in that sense, because Internet Explorer 6, which was stalling because it was just serving the the purposes of a single company who didn't care about the web all that much uh, was finally killed off, <laughs> if we want to use that term. Uh, but now we're, we're back in a, in a very similar situation because the dominant position is occupied by somebody who has very, again, I also sound like a broken record at this point, but the dominant browser is made by a company who has specific interests and those interests are sort of overwhelming everything else. And I know Chrome is great um from many points of view, less great from, from others. Um, and then hey, okay, I'm a Safari user. So but but I <laughs> I do i do see what when, when my coworkers are like, oh use Safari, I'm like, yeah, I use Safari because of um, various reasons, including the fact that it doesn't suck all my battery, um, all the life out of my battery, uh, shall I say. Uh, But apart from that, um, there are also other uh, less uh, good qualities. And one of them is uh, the susceptibility to being manipulated or used for manipulation.
3: It, it, it's interesting actually the point b- both of you bring up um rachel and tony that i actually have i mean right now i've got microsoft edge <coughs> firefox safari chrome and brave and I another one called clicks which is actually deprecated because the company that makes it has stopped making it but part of it is that i've got <coughs> excuse me different cookie piles in each of those i've got you know a, a bunch of different Flickr accounts and um and Twitter accounts. I don't want to switch within a browser. Um, and the point you were making, Rachel, that you know that what I want the I want the experience of using a browser. I understand. Well, the tabs look a little different on this one, and that one puts the extensions over here, and maybe the extensions that work in Chromium, which I know is behind a couple of these other ones, aren't going to work on the Firefox derived ones. But on the whole, I have a, a consistent experience. But the experience I don't have is one of of safety, you know, Mm. of, uh, (coughs) I mean, there's a promise of that with Safari and with, with Brave, I suppose. Um, But I, but I know, I mean, even with Apple, what, you know, with what the the ad that they're doing now, and we've, Katra and I talked about this last week and the week before, it's not tell this app not to follow me. It's ask the app not to follow me. Who's going to believe that? I mean, that's, that's what, I mean, that's what do not track was. Do not track was nothing but an ask. And and the forces that be crapped all over it and ignored it. So now Apple's in a better position to enforce something there. And if you look at their fine print, which I bothered to do, it does say if they ask you to, then you, you, you've been commanded. But meaning that they can um, shut off the access to the IDFA. But I think they never would have had the IDFA in the first place if they weren't temporarily in the ad business you know, seven or eight or 10 years ago, whenever it was. You know, and they wanted to be in it with everybody else. So, I mean, it's sort like you kind of have to follow what the bigs are doing, and that's not always the same thing.
1: I think the problem is, I mean, building a competitive browser now is quite hard. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the browsers are quite complex, you know. JavaScript is quite a beast. Um, HTML5 is quite complex. Uh, CSS3 is quite a lot. Um, I certainly can't uh, understand it all. Now, to build a browser that would actually represent that on the screen is, it's a lot of work, Uh, which means that those that can commit thousands of people, I mean, literally thousands of people to building something and maintaining it and keeping it on the cutting edge becoming the literally the only ones who can be in that game. And if you're going to commit thousands of developers um, to a project like that, then these people want to see some return. I think it's going to be very hard for Mozilla to keep up because they've got to raise the funds to keep that up because open source isn't free, you know? Sometimes yeah. you need to actually help people out, You know, pay some people's mortgages to commit the time onto something as big a project as a browser. And I mean, a browser is a bigger project than Drupal, which is what we do. And you think about all the people who work on Drupal and all the companies and the other organizations who commit time for developers and all of the other uh, types of people to work on that open source project, Chromium is bigger than that.
3: An, an interesting thing there also is that, if you recall, the, I mean Apple, I mean Apple, uh, Google had a a real a really interesting sort of um, story cartoon thing that explained why they created Chrome, which basically comes down to, well, Firefox wasn't doing it for us. We 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 paid them to do it, and they didn't do it. It didn't. We couldn't run processes at the same time. We had to separate out the processes in a more Unixy way and stuff like that. And um, and, and I mean, some I mean, they didn't want to be in the browser business, and it's not a business for them anyway. It's it's just a way to equip other businesses. And um, and Chrome was better, and it and it ran. I remember because I worked with Mozilla for a while. I mean, running their uh, extensions was harder, you know. And and basically, the extension market it was just easier to serve the one on 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 google so it's kind of on the on the competitors in a way but your point is really an important one it's really it's hard to do this and the ones that are going to do it are the ones that have a an interest a business interest in it and not just a um you know a kind of um uh, a charitable interest
1: with the notable exception of mozilla but yeah i just really hope they can keep up i really do
3: yeah me too
0: so, so you know, we're talking about open source and, and projects and whatnot, and I wondered if we could kind of pivot back to that, the original idea of you know what what brought us here, frankly, mm-hmm. um, and that is our responsibility as sort of stewards of people's uh, technical experience or and whatnot as users of Drupal. Thousands of people contribute to to the Drupal project and and in some various way. And, and we all, you know, and, and we all have the common goal of, of making it, of improving it and, and, you know, improving the user experience. And I think this is a, a big part of it. But I'm, I wondered if we could talk about what our responsibility is in these specific circumstances where you're talking about an issue like privacy, where, you know, you're, I mean, do we have a heightened responsibility there? I think there have been a lot of initiatives, or there's been there have been some initiatives in the Drupal community uh, around privacy, but I've always thought that they they never quite could take off because there are so many other uh, directions where people are, are are spending more time, like you know usability and, and other things that are all you know absolutely important. Um, but I just wonder if we could, where we where we're going with this? Is is there a renewed interest in privacy in the Drupal community? Um, are, are there just oh, so many external factors like Google, you know, implementing something like this and, and other privacy issues where suddenly we're starting to feel like we're more under threat as a community or, you know, as, as developers or even technologists in general. Um, and is that driving us to act? And I, I'm just wondering where we're going, you know, as a community, as a whole. And not not even specifically Drupal, you know, as a, as, as a web community, as, you know, in general.
1: are some very big players in terms of content that resolves on the on on the web um, Facebook is a big player in producing social content and they do that because they can sell ads yeah and people buy into that now. Should the people who exist in the world have an alternative to being part of something where you've got no choice but to be a product, for want of a better description, to being something that is being sold uh, when you are working with content that you think is important, to show to either your friends or to the rest of the world because you have something to say. It should the only place where you can have something to say be Facebook. Or equivalents. There are equivalents. Instagram although oh, that's Facebook tone. Um, Etc. Um now Drupal, WordPress, and Joomla are ways in which we can make it possible for people to have their own word on the internet, under their own control. So it's not somebody else's control, it's theirs. They can say how the information is used, how um what rules it works under in terms of privacy, what rules it works in terms of um, how the information is displayed, whatever it is. Um, so we've got a really important job as developers in, in the open web, as it might be called, to say, hey, what we're doing is really important. And the unique selling proposition is you, if you get into using these tools, get to make all the choices. Some of those choices are wise choices and some of them are less wise choices. We will probably discuss which are the, which ones are which till the end of time. But, <laughs> but um, there are times when we should and we have a responsibility to at least make sure people are aware when something could be, uh, yeah, you want to think about this, yeah? And maybe, and I'm, 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 I'm looking at Troy uh, as we're sat on this Zoom call, and um, yeah, what Troy did was went, hey, this is something important that people out there who are making content should think about. They don't have to agree with Trump. They may completely disagree, which is okay, but they're making the choice, but we're making sure that they are one aware and two, know what some people who should be, who are worth listening to really think is a good choice. I would say that's that's kind of where we are with this.
0: Yeah, I like that. We're um, empowering user choice and user sovereignty in some way. So we mentioned, I guess, earlier before before we started. So Drupal had Drupal's done this. It's it's blocked by default in the, in the latest release, which is very exciting. That came out just a few days ago. Um, Joomla also did the same. It's uh, blocked. WordPress is is working on it. There's still, you know, WordPress. Interestingly, you know, is a bigger player than than either. Drupal or Joomla—they have a massive, massive market share. Um, you know, perhaps they—it takes them a little bit longer to make these decisions because it impacts more users. I don't know. Um, I haven't followed the discussion very closely. I did note, Rachel, that you that you pointed out, you know, Drupal's uh, commit over in their issue queue. So that was that made me happy. But yeah, it seems like they're probably going in that direction. They just kind of missed an important beta cutoff or something. But, um, but yeah, so that's interesting. So if you have these major players, uh, you know, either blocking it already or looking to block it, um, WordPress used, used some pretty, pretty strong language, treating it as a security threat, I believe was, was what they said. Um, and then Amazon apparently has blocked it on uh, their major sites while keeping it on, I think a smaller site, which is interesting. And I'll link to an article that speculates about that a little bit. Um, but it, the, the bottom line is that major, significant entities are taking very decisive action against this, um, let's call it a project, before it's even really started. It's, it's, it's Flock in itself is, is in its infancy. So I think, like Doc mentioned earlier, you know, this may be something that, that dies pretty quickly. But on the other hand, yes, Google kills a lot of stuff that people love but this one is far more important to their, their bottom line. So I don't know, it'll, you know, it's interesting to see where they go with it, but it is, you know, I, the response was so quick to this, or my perception of it was that it was so quick. I find that very, very telling. And I don't know if that's because uh, people are, are becoming more and more privacy aware or because the threats are greater. And I, you know, I, I'm not sure which it is. And, and, you know, maybe it's both, maybe it's equal.
2: Well, I think the response mostly came from developers as far as like, well, this is just what I think because of course on Twitter, I don't follow many people but quite a few of them are developers, not just Drupal developers, they're uh, other flavors <laughs> um, as well. But if I go to any, I bet that if I go down the street and just randomly start interviewing people and, and asking them, oh, have you heard about Flock? They're, they're gonna look at me weird. So uh, it's good that the outrage comes from us, quote unquote. Um, and it all comes back to to the responsibility we have towards our users. And, and by users, I, I don't just mean the owners of our of the projects we build. I I think as important as as those are, I think, ultimately the people who are going to visit the site and and read it and and be subjected to whatever the site offers, um, uh, you know, has to offer to them, um, are always at the top of my, uh, at the top of my mind, really. Um, Because we can't, again, we can't expect them to always be aware of of what's coming their way. And uh, like, if you're driving a car, you can't be too concerned with what uh, the asphalt is made of. Uh, I don't know, it's a, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a weird metaphor, but I mean, uh, I, I think it's all also kind of apt in the sense that we know that the asphalt is made of pretty unpleasant stuff and yet we need it, right? Um, and, and I think a lot of times when we're using, I say we in a very broad sense, cause I'm not on Facebook, but when we're using Facebook and Instagram and all of that, we are doing it. People are doing it uh, with the understanding that that not everything is perfectly okay all the time. Uh, but our role uh, as developers, on the other hand, is to mitigate this, the limitations uh, the 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 users' knowledge can have. If that makes sense.
0: I like this idea of you know. Of Drupal superheroes looking out for... <laughs> in my head. That's how I think of us. But I, I like the idea that that you know we're out there on the front lines defending users against some nefarious crap that goes on by uh, as we like to refer to them. The I feel
2: way. like sometimes we are and sometimes we're not. And and uh, I think
0: when we get it the right, the role <laughs> of <laughs>
2: Yeah, uh, the role of a community like Drupal or, or an organization like the Drupal Association is also to make certain issues more visible. Um, yeah. And if you're if you're not just a developer who does their thing in a corner, um, and and but you are somebody who participated, participates in in the association in the community, uh, and as part of, I don't know if you can hear the thunder, it's kind of crazy here, sorry. Um, okay. uh, you know, if you're part of the community in an active way, which doesn't mean publishing modules or even committing to to core or anything, it could just mean just being there reading issues, then you have a better chance to become aware of everything that's out there that's good, that's bad, uh, you know. and eventually, if you have something to say, like, like me, in, in, in this context, uh, perhaps your voice is also going to be heard.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, you're right, Tony, it's like, being an active participant in the community and getting involved and actually putting things together and saying, hey, I think this, even if you don't, you know, even if you're, you know, making mistakes, making mistakes is good. Uh, because you learn from some amazing people. It's absolutely why getting involved in the community makes you a better, more rounded, and more aware web participant, for want of a better description. Um, be a developer, be a marketeer, be a whatever. You, you will be better at it by being involved in a community like this. Absolutely. And actually, I've got to say, uh, uh, you mentioned about the idea that I had uh, commented and uh, on the issue in the Joomla core issue queue. Yes, I absolutely did, and I also did it in the WordPress one too in in their in their track issue queue. Um, and it's not the first time, and it's we do speak and help each other out and say hey we're doing this have you thought about doing this that happens all the time and um, we are not competitors we're collaborators in making a better open web uh, we we're, we're each in slightly different markets anyway uh, you know who we're building stuff for um and we help we definitely help each other out all the time yeah we're not here to sort of build something unique and not let the others find out that would be absolutely the opposite of what we're doing in open source with open source content management systems
0: yeah i agree it's you yeah, know that's the whole that's why we no none of us you know got into <laughs> drupal work or or any sort of open source uh development to to hide anything from anyone right you know the whole point is doing it out in the open and so we all benefit you know i'd love to to pick your brains about anything that you you would like to get into
1: well i would say that uh particularly on privacy that chris titzel is trying to get some momentum behind the concept of a privacy Initiative within Drupal. Um, so, for example, when this when this flock thing was brought to my attention, uh, one of the first people I kind of I, I kind of spoke to was Chris, and said, "Chris, have you seen this? Because it's something that you should be speaking on, and all that type of stuff." Um, I would be personally very, very happy. Very happy indeed. Um, to see that as a strategic initiative in the, fu- in the future because that is one of the things that makes Drupal and other open source tools better than the alternative. And the alternative and our real competitor is, I'm sorry I keep mentioning it now, Facebook. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, having a decently understandable privacy first approach to the web is something that we can do and we can do it be- you know better than anyone else
0: yeah i i'm glad you mentioned that so i have followed his um efforts to sort of build a initiative around privacy in, in the drupal community i've gone to a couple of his talks at drupal cons. I've, um, but I've honestly been a little disappointed at the turnout. I, I've never felt like they had enough support to really get going. And I always thought, oh, was, you know, I wonder I wonder why that is. I wonder if there's something I can do about it. And I know, you know, who isn't so incredibly busy and overwhelmed all the time and, you know, and, and a little bit restricted in terms of getting, you know, putting getting something like this, the momentum that it needs. But I wonder if it's just a timing issue is now the time. You know, you, privacy has has come to the forefront in many ways. You know, you, again, you see Apple advertising, you see the word privacy all of the time. I mentioned in a, in a recent episode, I was driving in semi-rural Texas. Now, granted it was between Austin and San Antonio, which is kind of a techie area of Texas, but but I'm on this mid- road in the middle of nowhere and I see a DuckDuckGo billboard. <laughs> I was blown away and it was all focused on privacy. and. And I thought, well, my God, you know, privacy as, a, as a, an ideal has really arrived now if you're sitting in a billboard in rural Texas. And um, so, yeah, I mean, maybe it's just a timing thing. Maybe this, maybe today, maybe now is really the time to embrace this. Maybe this, uh, maybe Tony, your issue was a, a pivoting a, a a a turning point for, for us all i mean i don't, you know i'm not and I, I you know i apologize if i'm a little prone to hyperbole there but i don't think so i think it's, it's very significant you know when i saw release notes come out um you know i try obviously because i work on a drupal distribution to keep up with what's going on with core development and when, when i saw this you know i didn't comment and i should have i regret not doing it but you know i guess i was busy that day but when I saw it come, come, you know, come along and come down the, down the pipe, and the announcement that this was going to make it into nine point two, I was really excited. I was, you know, um, it it feels validating personally for some reason, you know, and I I, I can't be the only one who thinks that. It feels like um, it feels like people are listening, if that makes sense, and and I think that that is, you know, can only be a good thing.
3: So 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 I have a a thought and a question here when one thought is it is just basically an observation that and catherine you know it, it, catherine and i worked for a, a very long time with linux journal and i go back pretty much all the way with linux journal to the, the mid-90s um but i remember when when drees came along and he had this thing called drupal you know and that um um and it wasn't even matt mullenweg who st- you know did Uh, WordPress Uh, WordPress is kicking around as a knockoff really as an open source knockoff of of something called movable type which made the mistake of going closed source right and and both those are just hacks really and and they took off like Linux was a hack and pretty much every um, well-known large open source project started that way so if you take that as a sort of like the the original the original departure point like the takeoff point for for the arrow that that goes up into the right and then take as the other point some point in the future where things really are mature i think it's only been 15 20 years that these things have been around and we're going to be digital for the duration we're probably going to have http and, and and more importantly tcpip for the duration um and it seems to me that is the thought that i have on that backdrop that um you know it's sort of like the industry is finally getting around to listening to human beings you know i mean it uh, they wouldn't listen to do not track, but maybe they'll listen now, you know, maybe and maybe giving people more of a voice in this, even if it's an indirect voice, which is, you know, people like, like YouTube, two, um, Rachel and Tony standing up and saying, wait a minute, that's not right. <laughs> you know? um, people people don't want to be followed. You know, it doesn't matter whether Google's doing it or not. Um, they just don't want that. And there must be a better way to do business. Go find one you know to, to stop making it that and clearly i mean obviously apple's taking a, at least a pr lead on this i think they're somewhat at least they're sincere about it i sense that it's it's in part because privacy is to tim cook what art was to steve jobs you know and it's something that motivates him and and that per, percolates down even if they do have to do business in china and the rest of it but i'm wondering if you're looking at the long at the long run where does this go or what's going to show up in the next few years that are that are going to be where you're at when a few more years down and privacy is more of a a thing that matters to people in a functional way and not just a prophylactic way.
2: I'm frankly awful at making predictions Um, and I always call myself an optimist and I think doc you're even more (laughs) of an optimist than I am because the idea that people care about privacy it's true if you ask them do you care about your own privacy they're going to say yes but then why you use product x y and z uh oh because all my friends have it and um but i've seen some light at the end of uh, this tunnel (laughs) my uh, cliches today uh, are are awesome um when uh, there was the whole Issue with uh, WhatsApp changing their privacy policy and starting to to track and collect uh, data by default. And there was no opt out. And this was just a couple of months, or it's probably six months ago at this point. uh, And there was this huge movement, uh, I think, signal that uh, Weekend had to upgrade their servers and and whatnot because they had so many more millions of users. Uh, I I wish I'd researched the actual numbers because it was impressive. Um, nonetheless, when I have to convince somebody who is on uh, a platform that doesn't support my preferred messaging system <laughs> to use Signal, they're like, oh, but why? I already have this and that. Can we just text like everybody else does? Um, and then I explain it, I explain the privacy issue, and I get very worked up and all red in the face. And then at the end, I think I've I end up saying again, uh, you know, stuff that doesn't really matter to them because it comes from a developer perspective. And one of these days I'm gonna write it all down and have somebody edit it because I really want to nail that uh, argument. Um, Because, you know, if people sort of have the sense that they do care about their privacy, but they don't know exactly what they should care about what privacy is, ultimately it's not about you know, having somebody peek through your window or something like that, it's its much more complex. It, it, it pervades your whole existence. It's because your data is not just stuff that you produce. Your data is yourself at this point when a lot of your digital uh, life is, is your identity, really your identity is um, what you do online, especially over the past year and a half, I think a lot more people have to figure that out. That's the argument that I, that I myself need to be able to convey better because um, we haven't reached critical mass or critical um, fear <laughs> yet sorry to, to talk about fear it's just what i think it is in the end i I, I react to to these situations because i fear that everything is gonna uh be out of my control in, the, in a couple of years as a developer That's and I mean, yeah, uh, frankly as a, a human point
0: yeah um I, I recommend the eff actually for for they they produce a lot of really good infographics and and uh, information just breaking things down for people to understand you know understand threats understand you know how to protect themselves and 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 that sort of thing and they have a, a lot of really good resources but you know it's funny you mentioned that you know trying to be the voice uh, you know that distills uh these things for sort of a general audience and we we kind of walk that fine line here on the podcast because you know we we have listeners that are super geeks you know absolutely they've they've, they've joined us from linux journal and and they're hardcore technologists and then we have listeners who are very much end users, they're not super technical. They're interested in just basic privacy information, security information. Um, so you know we, we I have the same goal, I guess is what I'm saying, is, is trying to sort of distill this and evangelize privacy as a, as a very um, digest, easily digestible concept. Um, because for something that you mentioned also, uh, I think even more specifically, we, we've talked in the past about how somebody's how mobile devices, somebody's phone is if somebody is to gain access to it either either you know via surveillance capitalism or um, you know criminal activity and, and nefarious means, that's the next best thing to hacking into somebody's brain. Like your mobile yeah. device goes everywhere with you. It, it shows all of your you know every, search on you know web md when you're being a hypochondriac (laughs) it shows you know it, it is there there's nothing it probably knows you better than you know yourself and and for that reason i feel like you know people need to understand how critical it is to protect that device and that data um because we don't know what we don't know. You don't know, actually. We probably can't even conceive of the, the potential threats off the top of our head because there's so oh. much data that it's hard to even process what could be done with it. And then
1: that's the thing with a mobile phone. Smartphone, it does contain all of that. And yet some people are surprised that Apple don't allow other browsers onto the onto the ios platform it's like that would be a huge risk if some unknown actor had browser on there that could literally do anything um i say i completely get why apple it's annoying sometimes that that um, safari could be a little bit kind of better on the mobile one with some of the um pwa type stuff but um i completely understand why they don't let others do that browsing because that would just it would be like opening into people's lives yeah Um, yeah it's potentially
0: very invasive and it's not even just—it's not even just the the capitalists and the and the criminals that are after this <laughs> this uh, sensitive data. It's also, you know, I have some pretty extreme views on law enforcement, and and you know, I don't I don't think law enforcement should be able to get into people's phones for any reason. I don't care. I don't care what it is. It's too intimate. And I realize that's, that's not extreme That's extreme. extreme view. And is it extreme? I don't. I don't. I feel like uh, it's not is,
2: extreme. I don't think it's extreme. Sorry. It's. I. I Thank you. I appreciate baseline. that because I, I also.
0: I just it, it's 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 far too in- intimate and for that reason i feel like our the responsibility is so so much greater to pro- to protect that data it's you know it, it it's hard for me to, to feel like i'm overstating the importance of of uh, protecting a mobile device but anyway i appreciate you saying that it makes me feel you know like maybe i'm not way out there <laughs>
3: you know on on the privacy issue that um it it, when i was hanging out when i when i lived near cambridge um myself um and i hung out with uh law school people uh one of the things they told me was generally with no harm no foul you had to know there was harm and the problem we have is that there's no obvious harm for people right it's like Geez, I've been on Facebook all this time. I've have been using a browser. I know it's pri, I know it's that private, but nothing's happened, you know. Uh, it reminds me a little bit, and, and and no, nothing big enough to like be a. a there's no nine eleven here. No, you know, uh, um, a, a friend of my, one of my sons had had a uh, a boa constrictor he had for a pet, and had a had a very short food chain in the same in the same box in the same this terrarium this kind of this glass box the boa constrictor was there and there were about 15 little white mice and they they, and he'd feed the mice and every so often you know the boa constrictor would chomp down on a mouse and he said what what happened is the entire mouse population went boing when one of them got eaten right and it was like oh my god the mountain just ate joey you know and and that's sort of what we're waiting for here you know and it hasn't happened yet and you know Google's the boa constrictor, and Facebook's the boa. Like, yeah, we can live with this. We can kind of live with this because nothing's happened, right? And it, and it's as like Catherine was saying, it's the unknown unknowns. And I think in the case of Facebook and Google, both of them, you uh, know, I've talked to a lot of people with both of them over the many years that they didn't know this. They thought it was innocent what they were doing in some ways. You know, yeah, we're follow- We're we're helping people. You know, we're going to give them better ads this way because we're following them around, and then you know, you know. I mean, a really, some bad things did happen, like, for example, Brexit in the UK and Trump in the US, you know, and Facebook and Google had a lot to do with that, and so did the entire ad tech complex and how easy it was to hack, you know, I mean, it turns out people Literally. are nudged very easily by, you know, by, by algorithmic uh, techniques, and it's, it's not a hard hack, and driving people into rival camps is not hard to do, and and we haven't figured that one out yet. I mean, and, and to me, that's one reason why I'm sort of walking away from trying to fight fights on the web and leaving it up to you guys. <laughs> you know, I'll go build something over here, you know, because that, that's a hard one to fight, you know, it really is.
1: Yeah, it's, it's all the little things. It's all the little things, all the little bits of information you give away. It's when they're added up that it matters. One cigarette won't kill you.
3: And And, and it's a lot like that. I mean, I was... You know, I'm, I'm not young, as you might tell those who, those who are looking at me, but I, you know, I've, I've been young a long time. That's my joke about it. But the, the, you know, I grew up in the 50s and 60s when, though I didn't and my mother didn't, pretty much the entire adult population that I knew smoked. And pretty much all the, I mean, the, the kids I grew up with started smoking at like 12, 13, 14 years old. You couldn't be not around cigarette smoke. It was just so normative for the longest time. And lots of people, people smoke just because other people smoke. That's what it was done. You know, and I, I could tolerate being in a cloud all the time because everybody else is doing it right. We're kind of still at that sp- in that space. And I think it's on the supply side as well as, you know, marketers are all saying, all right, we can't not get it. We can't not have customer data. We can't not have user data of all kinds. We need that. We need to live on that. And the truth is they don't. I mean, one of, one of my good friends actually ran one of the biggest real-time bidding operations in the UK for a number of years, got out in early 2017 saying this thing's going to collapse in the second quarter, and it didn't, but he got his money while well, he could, and he got out. But one of the things he told me was it doesn't work. It actually doesn't work for the most part, But the marketer, but you could do the tendentious maths to make it look like it's working, and that's pretty much how the whole system goes you know, and that's part of the, you know, addiction process that's out there on the marketing side. You know, we just have to do this because we have this data, you know, we've got all these intermediaries, you know, and then the, you know, the poor, you know, guardians of the world, which has told me that, you know, I, even though I paid them that I've, I've watched my, my 175th uh, article without paying them <laughs> and I've paid them, right. You know, but still they're telling me that, but, you know, they're getting a tiny fraction of the amount that they used to get when it was direct payment directly from an advertiser to, to a publication. Right. And, but the advertisers say, no, it's just, we really need this. We really need this, you know, and, and I, and I can't wake them up. I tried, I used to be in the marketing business too. I had an ad agency, one of the biggest in Silicon Valley for many years. You know, we got out late in the early tech period before, before the millennium, but you know it's a different world now it's it's a world where stalking people is the norm
1: and but we we can wake them up we wake them up slowly over time and things like what Tony's doing raising you know a little issue like this these add up they make it more it makes it easier for people to see oh there's lots of different things we really need to be thinking of, yeah, so yeah. this will have affected uh people who listen to this this podcast it will have affected people who've read the release notes who will have gone and got it all right yeah this is about this is about federated learning of cohorts what's that i don't know okay <laughs> i read about it because it's a check there's a change record um oh they're changing it because of this well why are they so in why are they so eager to do this? It seems kind of out of character for Drupal to make a decision like this. Why is this such a big deal? Go and read more. Yeah. Suddenly, someone out there now has more information than they did. And they're then telling their friends, their friends are paying attention. And then the next time, it's just little bits over and over and over and over again. As long as we can keep doing what we can do in little bits we'll get there we'll help hey maybe we'll maybe we'll get to a stage where we have built right into the core of drupal an ability to automatically generate like the privacy things that you see on apple apps now yeah you, you know like on a when you download an app on iphone and you go into the app store and it it shows you the little pictures of this is these are the things this thing does. Maybe we can automatically generate that. Make it into a web standard. Maybe we'll be the first.
2: That would that's be great. A,
3: that's a great idea. I like it. I, I'm passing notes to Catherine saying say, that's a pull quote right there.
0: Yeah. yeah. Great Tony had one today. earlier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've we've been talking for an hour now, a little over actually. It's probably time to wrap up. This has been great though. Um Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. I think, I think in I will definitely give y'all an opportunity for parting words. But I think in conclusion, uh, Drupal is awesome. Number one. (laughs) (laughs) Number two, protect your cell phone. If you're going to a protest, put that thing in a Faraday bag. Like, just do it. Um, And uh, yeah, and 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 the future of the web is hopeful. I think those are some takeaways. But I'll let y'all have some parting words
1: thank you to Tony for huh. taking that little leap that small step giant leap, whatever to make the issue um, we all we all know that taking that leap to make a Drupal core issue seems hard it's much easier once you've done it yeah and we'll be yeah. looking for the difficult second album soon Jack, Tony um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> But yeah I mean what Tony did was got a whole bunch of people really rather emotional and kind of working on this and really move something that was fundamental very fast yeah there was clearly a lot of people who felt this was important and that's because it was. say so thank you Tony for getting that moving
2: yeah. well thank you for also uh, supporting the <laughs> the initiative or, or the issue. Uh, I should say, um, we'll, we'll see what what I am able to do next. Uh, <laughs> careful what you wish for there. Um, <laughs> what can I say for the future? I, this conversation really made me has made me feel good. <laughs> frankly, um, I'm always, you know, on a bad day, I will wake up after dreams of. Uh, despair. I, I'm, I'm not joking. Sometimes I dream about this stuff. Uh, people don't believe me when I say that, but I do it. it sometimes it really does keep me up at night uh, because it's, it's my job and, and I it's not just the job. It's it's what we do is shaping uh, the future of the world, the future of communications and all that. I don't even think that I'm being hyperbolic or conceited. It, it, it is what it is. It's not just the future also the present but um so yeah i hope uh, something like this can can be an indication that there is interest in the sort of issues um and interest in really educating and i'm using that word in, in really the original sense of bringing knowledge and uh competence and understanding to people not from the top down like from from you know looking down on them but just making sure that they protect themselves if nothing else you
0: know i like it and don't be i love the the message don't be afraid to raise a flag if something concerns you Mm. raise a flag ask for help ask talk it out you know let's do it Doc, you have anything else for us? Any party No, words? I think I
3: think it's really great to meet you guys and to uh, and to hear the great work you're doing. Uh, it makes me more optimistic.
0: Yeah, I agree. Thank you so much for for joining us and and uh, I hope everyone has enjoyed this. If you're interested in uh, more ways you can protect yourself, we have a few other episodes out there specifically uh, dedicated to privacy tools. In fact, our last one that just came out last week was is is that, and um, yeah. Get out there. Stay safe on the internet. Thanks, (laughs) y'all.